Hey guys. Okay, so on this episode, I want to talk about healing, what it looks like, um, the process of it, the different things that you need to be aware of. Um, yeah, and just all the things that are needed to go through it. So let me start off by saying that healing is messy. You're going to have your good days where things kind of come together and it makes sense you know some of the things that you've been through um and then you're gonna have days where it feels like you're falling apart you're gonna have days where you look back on certain situations and you're like wow I didn't even realize how much that impacted me and I didn't realize that I was doing this or that and allowing it to hold me back in life what's the goal of healing what are what are we trying to achieve when we heal? So you're trying to achieve inner peace. You're trying to achieve a calmness about you. Um, you know, when I when I first started looking at healing, I just I just didn't want any more chaos. And so I thought that if I healed that that meant all chaos goes away. And I learned the hard way that that is not the case. Chaos will always be there. Um, The more you heal, the more you see how many more damaged people are out there that you thought were okay. Um, So in saying that, you, you being at peace is going to trigger other people. It's going to bother other people. So uh, the chaos doesn't necessarily go away you just learn how to walk through the storms you learn how to hold on to your peace and you learn how to be solid in yourself regardless of your external situation but to get to that point of peace you have got to start peeling away the things that are constantly triggering you are constantly affecting you and things like that. And the only way you can do that is by self-reflecting, being self-aware and knowing your role in it. Um, I feel like this is going to trigger a lot of people in me saying this or kind of convict a lot of people. But, you know, we're not in control of our childhood trauma. However, we are in control of things when we're an adult. Um, but we don't know that if we've dealt with childhood trauma, you know, we don't know what it's like to be in control of our lives or any situation for that matter. So you slowly have to learn that and pick that up. Um, I can remember telling one of my friends when I first started healing that I felt so lost because all these years from childhood and being controlled and abused and you know all of that that was comfortable that was my normal so I chose relationships in my adulthood that were controlling and abusive and basically I put my set myself in the same situations that I had encountered as a child and so when I finally left my ex and you know 
I decided to be single for a while and, and be to myself and kind of detox from, from everything and learn myself, I felt very lost. I, it was very upsetting to me that I was uncomfortable in making simple decisions. I was uncomfortable in deciding, you know, should I go with this pair of pants or that pair of pants? Um, should I go with, uh, you know, maybe it was, you know, a necessity that I needed for the house to function or something like that. And I had been so used to being controlled and, and somebody telling me what I needed, um, or what I should have. And I think that we can wind ourselves up in those situations also, you know, with or without trauma, because it's a lot easier to put that blame onto somebody else when our life falls apart. We don't trust ourselves. So we would rather stay in a situation where we know somebody is making dumb decisions and put the blame on them versus uh, actually dealing with ourselves and allowing ourselves to make the decisions because then we can make mistakes and then it's our responsibility. So that, that kind of rolls into when you're healing, the biggest thing that you need to understand and learn that you need to take full accountability and responsibility to the things that happen in your life. I'm not saying that you deserve to be abused at all. I'm not saying that you deserve to be treated bad. What I am saying is you cannot stay in the victim mentality and expect to heal or expect to grow. You have to know what part you played in it and the whole situation so that you can fix it. Staying ignorant does not help you fix the situation. You're going to keep that cycle up if you stay ignorant or if you stay a victim. So with that being said, um, you know, I blamed my ex for a lot of things. I blamed my mom for a lot of things, which childhood trauma is, is a little different. Um, yes, your parents should have guide, guided you better. They should have loved you better. They should have done all those things. You know, you don't really have control as a child. Now, uh, and you don't, you're not as mature mentally to process things like that. A child is supposed to be submissive to their parents and go along with whatever they tell them to do. So that's a really hard battle mentally when your, your parents are not giving you that, um, or what you feel like on the inside is the information that you're, they're giving you is incorrect. So let me go back to my ex. I I put a lot of blame on him. And yes, he was, uh, mentally abusive. He was controlling. Um, it was just a very toxic situation, but let's backtrack, you know, that was eight years. And if I would have looking back and the reason why you want to look back and the reason why you want to hold yourself accountable for the things that you could have done differently in those situations is that is what is going to set the tone for the future. That is what you're going to know that you need to do 
to set yourself up for success. So with that being said, I did not know my self-worth. I did not know my value. Um, and I didn't know what love was at all. Uh, the only love that I knew was what I was shown, which was, you know, abusive, controlling, uh, inconsistent, you know, just toxic. And so for me, when he came along, um, in the, in the very beginning, he impressed me by seeming to be protective. Um, he also comforted my triggers. I had bad abandonment issues. So I would tend to push people away. And uh, if if I started feeling like they were getting too close. And he made me feel good about that. Because when I would push him away, he would tell me that I'm not going anywhere. And at the time, I didn't see it as toxic. At the time, I saw it as, okay, you know, it doesn't matter if I make a mistake or it doesn't matter what happens, he's not going anywhere. And that gave me comfort. Um, and then also the fact that he was telling me what to do was comforting. As uh, from the time of being a young teenager and basically having to do adult things, make adult decisions as a teenager and a young adult um, without any sort of guidance, it was nice to let somebody else step in that role. It was nice for somebody else to, to take that on and it not be on me. It felt like <clears throat> it felt like resting at the time. So, you know, that's how he kind of got me into it. Um, also, something that had been engraved ingrained in me from a child the way my mom was is if uh she bought me something or she did something there was always a string attached if she bought me something I was her slave I owed her the world and I knew that wasn't right as a parent um to do that to a child but if your parent doesn't show you unconditional love, you definitely don't know how to accept it from an outsider. So he definitely had strings attached to everything too. And I was already conditioned to accept that from my mom. And I didn't realize it, but that's how love worked to me. If you do something for me, I owe you and vice versa. So that set me up for a very toxic situation. Um, Early on in that relationship, there was definitely red flags. There was definitely things that I shouldn't have tolerated. But, uh, you know, it was like I hung on to the small good things. And I also didn't want to be alone. I was isolated. Um, he didn't have to do much work to isolate me. Uh, my mom had already done a pretty good job of that. And everything else that I had kind of gone through in that time span so I was already pretty much isolated. Um, so, you know, he was kind of like the only person that I had. It's really hard to to leave a situation, especially as a young person, 
um, that's just kind of fearful in life, you'll, you'll hang on to anybody, even if you know that they're not good for you. So that's kind of what, you know, kept me there for so many years in the beginning. Uh, something was better than nothing. And, um, I guess also in the comforting fact that it didn't matter what I did, you know, I just, I I kind of saw it as what I deserved. I mean, if your parents or your family doesn't love you, um, show you love, support you or anything like that, it's really easy for anything to walk into the door and to accept it. So, you know, childhood and especially that relationship there, there was a lot of things to unpack. Um, there were there's were a lot of triggers after the fact. Um, just a very anxious person. I felt like I had to be on guard all the time. Um, I never really trusted people. Um, I just, you know, I didn't get to socialize a lot as a child as it was. So it was really asking a lot to say, you know, hey, build, you know, new relationships or build friendships so that you have friends when that's not something normal to you uh, to to even have any sort of relationships like that. Also, I had I had been abandoned or what felt like abandoned by people that I did actually um, open myself up to in such a short amount of time that my mind had it that that's what it was as soon as soon as you get to that point of a deep relationship with somebody it ends and I was already going through so many other emotional battles that trying to tackle relationships was just too much it was just too much so anyways, when I started this healing journey, um, I want to say that I had been in church. The reason why I went to church um, or started seeking God again was because I was at rock bottom. Um, I think I, I mentioned that in the last episode. I was at rock bottom and I just I didn't know what else to do. And I told God that. You know, if he was real, he would give me a sign. And there was a Bible sitting there. And I opened up the Bible and I can't remember the scripture um, because I was probably out of my mind. Uh, I drank very heavily. I smoked very heavily then. Um, So when I opened that Bible, whatever it was, it was exactly what I needed to hear. In that moment. So I started seeking God. And I started seeking a church. And. um, You know. I'm not trying to push. God on anybody. I'm just telling you my journey. And I'm telling you how. You know. This is how my life changed. So with that being said. I bounced around from churches. And I just was having a hard time. Um finding 
you know, the place where I felt like I could unpack everything and and just be there. Uh, so I finally found the church that I go to now. And when I walked in the door, it was just nice to see such a diversity of people. You could tell that some of them had were brand new to church and you could tell that some of them had been there for a while. And when I walked into that door, you know, I needed a church and a place that I could be at to know that I probably wasn't going to be healed tomorrow. You know, I probably I might not ever be able to do better. I don't know. At that time, I felt like I had done so much damage in my life um, that I didn't know if I could be anything better. To me, I just felt like I was walking around with a bunch of, you know, scars and marks all over me and that everybody could see it all. But I wanted a chance for healing if that was even possible. And I knew that that was the only place that would give me that possibility. So going to church and starting to dig into the word, that's what helped me figure out my self-worth. That's what allowed me to watch others go through their struggles and go through, um, you know, different things and to see that they might backtrack. It just showed me that I could give myself a lot more grace in this ugly healing process. I can remember at at the time that I first started going to that church, when I tell you I was so numb in life, which also can really lead you into, um, you know, toxic relationships. I mean, it wasn't like I really felt anything anyways. So, when I walked into that church, I think that that was the thing that I was most afraid of was what intensity, what's the intensity going to be of the emotions that I have buried? And it honestly felt like it could kill me once they, like, it felt like it was going to kill me if they surfaced. I didn't know how I was even going to walk through it um, because it was a lot. So knowing that God's not asking me to be perfect, that he doesn't want perfection, he wants progression. That is what allowed me to start piece by piece healing at my own rate and realizing that, you know, this is a journey and up front is harder than it it's hard up front and then it gets easier as you go along with the healing process um you know you're going to do a lot of crying you're going to do a lot of feeling and acknowledging things that you may have buried all these years all these things that you've told yourself I'm fine it didn't impact me as time goes on, you know, you kind of focus on knocking out the big things. And then you see more and more as you go through the journey. Um, so it's a never-ending process in the healing thing. I want you to also understand 
that I've definitely battled with anxiety and depression. And if you are one that struggles with something like that, it never goes away. It'll be something that you'll forever, it'll forever be there. Um, But if you strengthen other areas, if you, you know, focus on um, handling your triggers and creating a good environment for you and things like that, that really helps keep that at bay. It really helps, you know, keeping that under control. So with that being said, you know, let me let me talk about triggers. Uh, you have to know what your triggers are. You have to know. So like I said in the beginning, your common, your, the goal is to find a peace, a calmness inside of you. If you're an anxious person like I was because you've had to be on guard most of your life and you feel like, you know, you could be attacked at any moment, it's very hard to feel calm. And where do you get that calmness from? For me, I got it from God's word. And for me, I thought that when, you know, I got baptized and I started trying to dig deeper into it that, um, that, you know, it was just going to kind of like make me calm and take away everything. And that was not the case. I said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And it was like, everything got worse. It was like, everything just kind of escalated. And it was just kind of one thing after another. And I said, okay, like, I'm just going to trust you, you know, through this. So God will put you in, in those situations to strengthen you and for you to see how he'll be there with you through the storms and how the peace is internal and how it doesn't matter what goes on on the outside that you can still stay calm and know that you're going to be okay. Um, and that is a huge key factor in healing and, you know, setting yourself up for success in other relationships and stuff like that, because you need to have that discernment. Being anxious about certain things is good. It should be a warning of this is not where I need to be. It should be, you know, telling you that you need to move. But you can't discern that because everything is a threat to you. Every single thing. So the first thing is you need a detox. You need to give yourself a break, you know, from people. You need to take a break from just hanging out all the time. You need to spend time with yourself. If you believe in God, you need to, you know, you need to spend time in the word. You need to do those things so you can figure out who you are, what you need, what you want. It brings you back to a, a like a level zero. And then that way you put yourself in certain situations little by little. So, you know, once you do that, for me, I started going to small group. And I had a hard time trusting people. I had a hard time being vulnerable. But I prayed about it. And then I would go to small group and, um, you know, I would 
I would say, God, I'm trusting that you won't put me in a situation that is harmful to me or toxic to me. And so I would allow myself to let the guard down with the small group in Bible study. We didn't hang out outside of that, but in Bible study, I would be vulnerable and I would open up there. That was a safe place. Um, And so I felt protected and I felt guarded. And that was the best start for me to kind of integrate myself back into, you know, growing relationships, building relationships and um, figuring out, you know, my triggers and, and all of those things. We we will get triggered and, uh, you know, somebody will do something and it looks, it looks like our past and that's not our intentions. And it's just like, <clears throat> well, that looked like love to me then, you know, so what's the difference now? You can't really see the difference. So you have to kind of detox yourself so that you can see the difference and what is healthy, you know, and what isn't. Also, you have to have boundaries. You have to, you know, be able to say, okay, I only want to hang out with you for this amount of time or that amount of time. And, you know, pay attention to how that other person reacts. If they kind of throw a fit or, you know, if they act a certain way that kind of, triggers your anxiety at that point in the the starting healing process you can really keep your guard up you can say this triggers me I'm not strong enough to discern the difference yet so this isn't good for me and just you keep on building on the peaceful moments until you do strengthen up until you are able to discern more and to walk you know deeper into different relationships and that's kind of how you'll build, you know, your foundation of a support system around you, your trust again, um, all of those things. Um, but the biggest thing is knowing your self-worth. What do you want out of life? What do you feel like you deserve? And it's okay if you don't feel like where you're at now is deserving of the life that you want. Grow into it. Build yourself up to it. It's okay to have bigger aspirations of that. Just be willing to build up to that. That's kind of the point. Don't sit there and stay in a mess just because you don't want to be lonely or just because, you know, that's what you feel like you deserve right now. Don't do that because then you're going to have to go through the cycle again. You're going to have to heal. God will give you every single piece of the puzzle that you're wanting, but you may have to do certain steps to get there. He's going to strengthen you so that you can be able to sustain that. It doesn't have to stay toxic just because that's all you know. And that's another big thing. You know, you, if all you've ever known is trauma 
if all you've ever known is the toxic behavior, it's not that you haven't run into good people. You have. You just didn't see them because you were too busy looking for the toxic stuff. That's that's the only thing that you can spot. That's the only thing that you know. That's the only thing that you recognize. Also, you know, you have to understand that you attract everything in your life. So you have to figure out what is it in you that is putting you in these situations. Are you able to see healthy things or can you only see the bad things? It's really true. If you tell yourself, you know, don't look at things that are yellow That's all you're going to see is yellow items. You're going to be able to spot them so easily when at first you might not have noticed them. So changing your mindset, but you have to know what healthy looks like. You have to know what it feels like, what it looks like, what it walks like, all of those things. And you can't do that if you, you know, feel that everybody is bad and everybody is out to get you. You can make a healthy situation turn bad. You know, that's another thing that we can do. We can self-sabotage. When things are too peaceful and things are too calm, we will flare something up. We will dig and dig and dig until we find something bad in the other person to say, to see, sorry, to say, see, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. There was something wrong with you. Meanwhile, we have been the ones digging in their phones. We have been the one, you know, that has constantly been fighting with them and all of those things and pushing them to that point. So you have to know what healthy looks like and you cannot self-sabotage. Nine times out of 10, a healthy person is going to spot that. A healthy person has that peace inside of them and they can feel your anxiety. They can feel those triggers inside of you. And if you're not self-aware of it, nine times out of 10, they're just going to remove themselves from the situation. They're not going to tell you what you're doing wrong or anything like that. You're just going to wonder why you woke up and, you know, y'all are no longer cool anymore. Meanwhile, the toxic people, they're going to fight with you. They're going to tell you they're because see, this is another thing that we do when we don't feel like we deserve good things. We will purposely find, find the flaws in people as a safe spot for us. Well, they have this and that wrong with them. So I'm, a, I feel like I'm a little bit better than them. And so I have power because I'm a better person. That's how toxic it can be. And it can be subconscious. You might not even realize that you're doing it, but it is a thing. Um, we don't want to go with healthy people. Well, there's nothing wrong with them. You know, they're, they're actually calling me, you know, they're actually going on dates. They're actually doing these things. Um, you know, so they're going to see my flaws and they're going to run or they're going to see my flaws and they're going to criticize me or attack me. And that's where our mind is at on it. So we run to the toxic people 
that are that we feel like are going to talk tolerate those things or have no choice but to put up with those so that's a very toxic mindset and you have to own that that's what's keeping you in that cycle um so yeah i mean you have to be aware that you are subconsciously looking for these situations you might even subconsciously be in, uh, create these situations um so you have to know the roles that you're playing in that uh so you know what do you do on a daily basis to heal this um for me i started off by just going to church just working just spending time with my kids that's it i didn't spend time hanging out with friends i didn't spend time doing anything else but those three things and i really learned about myself i really started loving on myself i went from never doing my hair um not taking care of my skin anything like that to doing those things love on yourself for a while um you know sit sit with yourself reflect back on things that have happened and know what parts damaged you and how did they damage you and and embrace it it was wrong you know if your dad did this it was wrong if your mom did that stop being so tough about it those things were wrong and it did hurt you and the more that you can be softer with yourself and say like i just needed a simple hug or i just needed you know them to tell me how proud they were of me those every time you you reflect back on those things and every time you see it for what it was you open yourself up to being able to be softer you open yourself up to being able to embrace a softer side um and you just you keep on working on those things and then you slowly integrate people into your life from a safe place keep your boundaries up don't they don't have to be your best friend instantly you can hang out with them on your time you know that's another key factor let yourself be in full control do not ever, do not in the beginning phases of healing and and rebuilding relationships and whatnot do not feel guilty for the boundaries that you set and do not feel bad about uh you know telling somebody no or hurting their feelings or anything like that you got to be selfish at this point you have to know where you're trying to go what you're trying to achieve in yourself and the kind of relationships that you want to have and it's okay you're not going you know i think a lot of people feel like well wh- what if this was a relationship that i was supposed to have and i messed it up let me tell you if it's a relationship that you're supposed to have in your life, 
it'll come back when the time is right. If it doesn't come back, it wasn't right from the get-go. So don't worry about missing things or messing things up when your intentions are trying to build yourself and and restructure yourself so that you can be a better person for others. So that's a key factor. Um, another Another key factor is your triggers. Know what your triggers are. You have to learn what your triggers are. You have to know if you have abandonment issues, if you have trust issues, where do they stem from? What causes it to, you know, kind of set off inside of you? All those different things so that you can get a grasp on them. You can know that my abandonment comes from this. And so when I see these actions, you know, it causes me to get anxious. Don't allow yourself to be in this first start of the healing process in any situation that causes you to be anxious. I don't care what it is. Down the line, you can work through that. But in the beginning stages, no. It's okay if you miss out on people. It's okay if you miss out on opportunities. Right now, you need to get your foundation solid. Um, so, you know, how do you avoid those triggers? Or what do you mean by triggers? Me, for example, I have severe abandonment issues. Or they were very severe. Um, one of the the big life events that happened to me that caused me to have such bad abandonment issues um, was on top of all the trauma that was going on in my childhood. um, My oldest son's dad, we had a great relationship. Everything seemed fine. Nothing was wrong. I literally just um, walked into one day found out that he had another woman and that he didn't want me and that he wanted her and I was pregnant at 16 years old and so that was devastating when he was my only lifeline at the time and when uh that was my future that I just watched crumble basically So for him to be able to just seemingly up and abandon me like that, um, that definitely caused issues. So with that being said, for me, triggers on that subject is if somebody is not consistent with me. Every single day, it feels like if somebody's not consistent with me, that they could just up and leave in an instant. So I can't tolerate somebody being inconsistent with me. It triggers me. It stresses me. It causes me to have issues in my everyday life. Um, It just causes me to be out of whack. And so for, say, the three or four days or however long they don't contact me, I'm kind of a mess mentally. And then when they contact me, you know, it's kind of a high. And, uh, okay, 
you know, and that's how we can tend to, to hang on to situations that are damaging us. Because when that person does con- contact me, it's like, okay, good. They're still here. They're still hanging on to me. And I would rather hang on to a piece. A piece is okay. And it's not. It is not. Because those three or four days are tearing me up and are affecting me more than that one day really is. So I cannot deal with somebody that's inconsistent. Um, so that that's an example of of what a trigger is to me. Your triggers may be different, um, but it normally stems from something that happened in the past. And as soon as any sort of pattern kind of appears, you know, it just sets you off. So this is kind of the beginning stages of healing. Um, I, I kind of want to stop it here and kind of let that absorb. And I will kind of keep on moving forward with, um, you know, just how you you build yourself up in life. So I appreciate y'all listening and um, God bless.